Hello again, once again, everybody. I am Mike Westendorf. This is great questions, great conversations. It is great to have you guys on board. Uh, with me again today is our special guest, pastor and counselor, Jeffrey Bonak. Uh, good morning, Jeffrey. How are you? Good morning. Fantabulous. How are you? I am I'm doing very well here, at least in Wisconsin, where we record. It's finally like actually May. It feels like May instead of March. So I'm happy about that. Finally. Um, we had a great conversation. Uh, like a lot of these go very wide ranging. And um, uh, we were talking about the topic of forgiveness. And we've been we've been doing this for a while because this, this just seems to be such an important reality to humanity. Um, as as you see the headlines and there's so much brokenness in the world, brokenness in our families, and we're all going, well, where does the healing come from? Do I need medication? Do I need counseling? Do I need what do, where is the root of the healing that comes? And the I love the Bible passage, uh, the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that ultimately is where the healing comes from. But then the topic of forgiveness keeps coming up. And as you're a professional uh, counselor, um, we wanted to get some of your insights, and I thought maybe we could start with just giving us a recap on what forgiveness is, your definition of it, and then I'll, I'll just uh, throw out a few of the big takeaways that I had from our conversation and just let you speak into any of those. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. Sounds right. great. So forgiveness, yeah. how do yeah. we define this? Yeah, and just 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 trying to conceptualize this, I, I think of three, you know, three aspects, three parts, um, the 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 main the main kind of word is letting go. Um, the, the first thing is letting go of the of the wound. Um, you know, find, you know the pain of that wound. Uh, when when someone has done something to us, uh, there's there's a lot of hurt there, and um, a lot of questions like why and what does this mean for my life and things like that. And um, we talked about. You know how how we heal that by by turning back to God and knowing that He's, um, He's He's working. You know, amazing, amazing things, uh, always, even even through those those negative events. So yeah, there's a lot of negative in there, but there's also positive uh, that can help us. I feel um, uh, it's just easier for us to to let go uh, if we have some answers to that or or feel like there's some purpose or meaning in it. Mm. Um, the second, the second part of that, of course, is just letting go of the, letting go of the hurt in the sense that, um, you know, someone else has done something to us and now we need to, um, not allow that to turn into, to hate and, and bitterness. So we talked about, you know, making that, that, that road to, uh, to the, to the cross and, and putting it there at the foot of Jesus uh, interesting. I was just meeting with someone this morning, and they had another powerful intervention, where you just you just take you take all that that hurt, you write it down, you know, get it out there, uh, write down on on little um, index cards, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you you pray about it and you ask God to to help you let you know let go of that. And what you can't let go of, then the person has a little piece of red felt and you put that over the top. So what I can't, what I can't seem to deal with or, or let go, I'm, I'm going to let the blood of Jesus Christ cover it up. So again, focusing on God's grace, uh, the grace that he's shown to us and um, in our, 
thankfulness in response to mm. it, uh, we we offer that that grace freely to others. Um, you know, finally, in the end, God God's the ultimate judge, and um, you know what what He does with with another person's uh, sin. You know that that's up to Him, and so that's why we talk about this this whole practice being more about my healing, forgiveness is for me, rather than for the other person. Um, and and then in the last part of it, we just talked about that reconciliation um, can. Uh, Sometimes forgiveness will mean reconciliation. Sometimes we're just not ready for it um, in the sense that this relationship um, may, might still be too dangerous. Uh, there might still be um, opportunities for harm, uh, toxic. Uh, so sometimes it might never, there might never be healing uh, or that reconciliation depending on the situation. So that's, that's not required. Um, for us to be able to let go, um, work through those first two steps. That's a that's a really great clarification, and I appreciate that one. That that, that forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation is power is possible, or necessary, or or really good. Yeah, um, right. Right. Uh, it, that's because that's really important for people to hear. I, I know sometimes that whole idea is forgiveness means I have to take that person back and I have to go back to this thing that was terrible. Those are two different things. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Ooh. Mm, things. That's like I'm I'm circling these as that that could be a conversation all by itself. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, I, I really appreciated our, our time together. I had had, uh, you know, a few of ours that, that, um, as you were talking, as we talked together, a few takeaways for me. And, and again, for all of you who are listening in, um, it was a very wide ranging conversation. It's episode 11. Uh, there were two prior to that, uh, that we did with pastor Pete. Um, but on this whole topic of forgiveness and God's forgiveness and his justice and all that. So last time sin creates trauma, uh, you talked about the idea of trauma, and that that's what sin does it it creates trauma and you 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 often talk about as a counselor that there's this trauma that we haven't dealt with there's this trauma underneath so much stuff um and i just you know sin creates trauma therefore forgiveness has to be part of healing trauma healing trauma yep exactly um mm-hmm. So that was that was really and what I like about that too, calling it what it is, it doesn't um, n- negate your feelings. You know, if you hurt, that's important to recognize. But the healing isn't going to come from holding on to it. It's through forgiveness, which I appreciate you just said it too. That is actually oftentimes for us as much as anybody else. Um, we talked a little bit last time that you know human forgiveness comes with expectations. Uh, a lot of times we don't even recognize when I forgive you, I'm actually, yeah, I'm forgiving you, but then I'm putting a lot of conditions on it, um, particularly out of defensiveness. Cause I don't want to, I don't want this to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about, uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, the guys ask him how, how, how often should we forgive sin? And seven times, is that good enough? And no, 70 times seven. And, and the thought hit me while you were talking last time. What if it's the exact same sin? Mm. Like, all right, you get you get seven different sins. 
And I had never thought about it, but that is the way that my expectation is with forgiveness. Like I forgave that once. We're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Except we do. Yeah. And now we we fall in these patterns of behavior. And so, yeah, it's it's very likely we're going to do that same thing over and over again, unless we figure out how to, with God's help to move past that. Yeah. Right. Right. So for all of you who are listening, uh, it's good to check yourself. What is the expectation that you're putting on your forgiveness? Uh, I think that that could be really helpful, especially with forgiveness being uh, for us. It's actually an opportunity. Um, you talked about the idea that the brain is trying to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the reason why forgiveness is such a hard thing. It's actually counter to what the brain is naturally trying to do. Yeah. The defenses are up. Yeah. We don't want to experience the trauma again. And then the last one, um, I just really appreciated this whole idea that there's good, uh, that trusting God is working through it, that his grace covers us always. And if it covers us always, it means his grace also covers the perpetrator of the person who's wounded me. Mm-hmm. So those were some of the things I, I took out of that time together. And so let's let's just dive into it. Today's topic really is um if the grace of God covers us always, why is it so hard to forgive myself and how do I forgive myself? This seems to be the epidemic of our time, probably all time, but I just feel the weight of this so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, as <laughs> Even even before we jump into this conversation, just understanding that that I don't think I don't think we have really clear answers um, that that we're exploring this ourselves um, because I suspect as as we talk about people forgiving themselves, you and I, Mike, struggle with it probably to the same extent that a lot of other people do. Yes, uh, yes. That's why why I thought it would be kind of it's kind of good because, like you said, I mean, I, I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, for those of you who like personality type stuff, I'm an Enneagram too. I hate failing people because I love building community. And so to hurt anybody, even if it's just something dumb, like, Hey, you forgot to clear your table. Nobody was trying to hurt me. And yet, boom, inside I have this bomb that goes off and like, where did that come from? Yeah. And what do I do with that? So it doesn't leak out into other places of my life, you know, so we're, we're anybody listening. I think we're right with you. Yeah. Well, and I'm Enneagram nine, right? So I'm, I'm looking for peace (laughs) and um, I will do anything and everything to please people. And when I don't, boy, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard for me uh, to forgive myself. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is going on here with this idea of, of forgiving ourselves? What, what have you noticed? Um, maybe some some root causes of why this is so what's happening yeah so and i I love the fact that you pick up the word roots because i i feel like that that's where we got to we got to figure out you know what is what is the root underneath this Mm. um what what is causing this and um i feel like so often when when we're struggling deep down in there is is fear fear is somehow um uh part of part of the issue um and you know fear fear can 
or maybe in this situation, I like to say that like the fear is, is related to needs too, right? So fear comes out of these, there's needs that I have and these needs aren't being met or aren't going to be met. Um, and, and what, you know, what can I do about that? So to, to me, I, I, as I think through this, one of the, the biggest needs um, that we all have is the need for relationship the need mm. to to feel connected the need to feel accepted the need to feel um e- even that we we bring something right so this this is all um really a, a part of who we are i i was connected back to the fact that we're created in the image of god um the essence of god is relationship and uh and so there's there's nothing greater that we desire uh, than than to be connected, we're designed to be connected to God, right, and connected to and connected to each other. And anything that kind of gets in the way of those of that connection, uh, then then triggers this fear that we have. Um, and when when we're doing something wrong, or we make a mistake, um, that we think how is how you know in deep deep in somewhere, how is this impacting our relationship? Or does, does this make me unlovable? Does it make me unacceptable? Will I, will I be rejected um, because of this? Uh, yeah. And, and so I think there's a couple different ways that, that it goes. And as we were talking beforehand, I, I, I think you kind of hit a little bit of, of that where it's either, it's either kind of, um, and, and maybe they're both connected identity, um, pride mm-hmm. um or or the 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 shame the fear uh that there's something something wrong with me and and maybe both of those are connected too it's just different different sides of the same coin um yeah yeah where where pride has is you know am i expressing pride because i'm i'm, I'm concerned about again um can I can I be loved? Uh, and it comes out in this uh, kind of almost this, this false kind of bravado that we that we make up. We um, we want to we want to believe um, the, these things about ourselves that we are um, whatever it is that 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 pride that pride shows up and and when we don't follow through on that, okay? Because I hear people say, "Well, gosh." I did this and it's, it's just not who I am. Right. Um, that that's one of the big things I often hear. Um, and I, and I wonder myself, is it, is it pride hidden underneath there and, and pride connected to, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I got to make myself something in, in order to be accepted. Um, is it connected with what the world thinks I should be? Um, and I feel like I got to live up to those, those there's a word expectation again, those mm-hmm. expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it is it on, on the other side? This I, I just feel the shame. Like, um, wow, I am I'm not who I want to be. Think I should be, or the world says I should be. Think I should be, and if I if I'm going to be able to connect with them, I I appreciate a number of different things you've said here. You know, specific to that point, when talk, I think about pride. I just I don't know about you, but every time that something happens. And, uh, and it elicits an emotional reaction 
um, to a, a mistake that I've made uh, or sin. I, he- I heard somebody, I'm not sure if I agree with this definition, but the difference between a sin and a mistake, um, a mistake is made because we lack the, the resource um, information uh, to make the right decision. Like we literally don't have the ability to, to make that. Now it doesn't mean it do- it's not a sin. It doesn't mean that it didn't have major ramifications, but there's something that, um, um, yeah, we, we were yeah. not prepared for it, but that a sin uh, then has that connotation of more knowing, like I have, I was equipped to walk away. I was, I, I do have the resource to, to not. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I, I, I'm in that space, there is an almost immediately in me, my personality type, I can fix it and I have to fix it right now. <laughs> the faster I can fix it, the better off I'll feel. And then of course, um, probably underneath that is what's motivating that is shame. Like I've let somebody down. I look like this. I'm going to lose that relationship. And I, your definition, I have not heard it put this way. And this is really helpful to me that fear is related to needs. And you said um, that they're not being met or that because uh, I, of this, they will not be met. Something will withdraw from that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That that says yeah. something about the whole, the whole definition of anxiety. We're, we're thinking to the future, right? Um, and worried that those needs aren't going to be met because because this happened. Yeah. 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 So this, this, uh, this, this fear being a deeper root and pride and shame, likely coloring that or coming out that idea that I can fix it, or maybe the shame and despair says I can't fix it. The, I can fix it. People is like, look, this is my identity. I can do this. And the people who can't fix it are like, look, this is my identity. I'm nothing. I have nothing to give. Um, and I loved your definition. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about this. But you said that our deepest need, which is Trinitarian, by the way, mm-hmm. as Lutherans, we believe in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Just a real quick theological point. Um, another pastor friend of ours, uh, you know, Mike Helwig, yep. was telling me about a book was written about the relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he was kind of paraphrasing and said, could you imagine being in a relationship in which... You never had to wonder what your friends were thinking about you, saying about you, doing for you, that you could always trust that they have the best in mind for you. And that in this relationship, you had something to contribute, which was to keep the best in mind for them and just like this perfect relationship. And that that is what humanity was born into was a perfect relationship. We weren't God, but we were invited into this shared space where we receive and we have something to give. And when sin came, when we said we want to do it our way, this is where all the problems began because then we immediately said, God, I don't have your back because I don't think you have my back. And boom, instantly the break was there. But that this is the this is the deep need and it's actually original to humanity because the designer said so. Yeah. And I think you can even, you can even talk about in terms of safety and security when that need of relationship that you're talking about, that is, is, is the way God designed it to be 
we feel safe and we feel secure. I mean, how how many of the behavioral struggles um, we have as adults or children have are connected to this feeling of uh, I'm unsafe. Um, and again, so the so the brain threat system goes off because mm. it's trying trying to trying to protect us, trying to make help find us help us find a place where we feel safe again, right? Um, and I, sometimes I, I feel for, for kids who, um, for whatever reason, feel very unsafe. And so behaviorally they act out. Um, and, and we just focus on that behavior and kind of put it in, in a, in a category of, you know, you're, uh, you are, you're making sinful choices, right? Um, and it's true, <laughs> In, in one sense, but it's also true that that they feel they have no other alternative uh, sometimes than to use that behavior to protect themselves. Yeah, and, 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 and maybe our, our struggle to forgive ourselves is a part of that too. I, I, I talk about uh, an, an inner critic that I see so many people struggle with. Um, this, you know, if, if we're gonna feel safe, then we need to expectations. We need to um, prove that 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 we are safe in relationship. We prove that we are lovable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so uh, you know, one of the things I've struggled with my whole life is this whole, this whole concept of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I feel like if if it's perfect, then I, I believe deep down inside, um, a, a need that I always struggled with growing up is I, I feel I'll feel that people will accept me, and if I'm not, they will reject me, um, and that becomes really really powerful. And now, if, if perfectionism and that those expectations are so important, now when I don't meet meet them, wow, that my inner critic is what you know what is wrong with you man right right um and 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 this is the thing i feel that we really struggle with with self-forgiveness is is that we're so much harder on ourselves than we would be on anyone else probably because of this um because we feel you know we feel that if if we don't live up uh, to to certain expectations, and and we think the other people have them, but they're ma- mainly you know ourselves. Um, then uh, yeah, then they're gonna we're, we fear that we're going to lose that that relationship, and so that critic becomes really uh, powerful, and we and we even feel like that critic's helping us because you know if if that critic is pushing us to do to do better, do more, um, in the end that's helping us, but. But it, listen to your inner critic sometime. I mean, really cruel. Like, you idiot. What is wrong with you? Um, not only the words that it uses, um, you know, you're so stupid. Why can't you ever figure things out? Um, but it's even the tone, the tone of voice, you know. Um, it's it's not how we would talk to anybody else. Well, I mean, sometimes we, we maybe do, but right. we're triggered and, and, and upset. Um, but generally, I feel like we 
um, we hold ourselves to a very different standard. And that, that also makes self-forgiveness so much more difficult because we have no self-compassion or little. I got about like four things that, you know, four different directions <laughs> I want to go at the same time. Uh, I want to come back to self-compassion because that, that would, I think that that's a, uh, that's really important. Um, so I'm going to get back to there, but I want to go back mm-hmm. to something else that you said that was help th- helpful for me. You know, so oftentimes, and and um, for we in the Christian church, and you may be listening to this and not a, a Christian, and and it, we're grateful to have you here. Uh, we're here to <laughs> admit that we definitely don't get all of this right. Um, but a lot of times we focus on behavior, um, that if this behavior would just change, if this thinking would just change, then you would be a safer individual for me to be around because you wouldn't trigger me. Um, and, and yet you made the comment that, um, acting out whatever this could be, and this, this takes the form in, in, uh, you know, it could be alcohol or drugs or pornography. Uh, it can be eating disorders, um, uh, phobias, uh, you know, the OCD, the perfectionism piece of thing. I mean, it shows up this acting out in all kinds of ways. Um, that what this is, is an ex- it's an expression of that, that we feel unsafe or insecure. We don't, don't have security. And as a result, this is a behavior that we've, we've glommed onto and it's sin. It's not right. It does not bring health. It does not bring healing. It does not make relationship better. But we feel in our broken or heightened awareness and just are freaking out that the this behavior is a needed to protect ourselves. And this is how we're going to protect ourselves is through these other expressions of acting out, which are sinful. They bring problem, but it's actually telling the world something. I don't feel safe. Yeah. 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 And it's, and I, I, I love the way you talk about, you know, how, how this, this leads to what we would, I guess, deem, you know, the word sinful behaviors, behaviors that are out, outside of how God designed us to, to live and be, and they cause all kinds of havoc for ourselves, uh, for other people around us. Um, and I, I just, I feel like Satan Satan's just sitting back and, and laughing, um, you know, and, and it's a lie. It's a lie that this behavior is going to make me feel secure and safe. Um, and that's, in the, that's how he gets us. Right. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, recognizing, you know, the, the, the danger, the hurt of that behavior and then, okay. Asking, okay, what, what is, what is going to truly make me feel secure and safe? Mm. Um, is 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 the way to to begin to find uh, uh you know find a path out of that and again we know as as christians as, as god's people that only god's going to be able to tell us that answer he's the only one who's going to be able to speak that truth into us and help us find that way and isn't that amazing you know when jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life Mm-hmm. That any other way, and and by the way, again, for just a sin, um, I, a lot of times you see in the Bible, you know, evil, evil is just self. And and when we came into this world, we were born with self-interest. 
everything is about self, self-preservation, self-protection, self-safety, self-affirmation. And then if I don't get it, I will go and go to all of these other things until God comes along and says, I have a, I have the truth as the creator of humanity. And this is, I don't know about you, Jeffrey, but this is why I keep coming back to, yes, the word of God works and you see the word of God, but then you see the word of God happen in the world. I just look at the way God says to live, even the 10 commandments. He said, this is the boundary line, but inside the boundary lines is where human flourishing happens a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime you try to do it any other way, even if you got everybody to agree with you, nobody would be able to follow through with it. And in fact, I think America is kind of seeing this unfolding as anxiety skyrockets as we have all of these other idols and these other gods, and they don't make us feel any safer because the truth, quote unquote, is a lie. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I this whole concept of God's design, I think, is... And when we talk about safety and relationship, as you look through the scripture and as, as Jesus shows us through his life and his example, is that the way God designed it is um, I am focused on meeting, you know, meeting your needs, helping you feel safe. Um, and the other person is doing the same thing for me. So the, the point is that yeah, you're right when you say sin, turn that on its head instead of me um, and the focus of my life um, meeting your needs and, and trusting trusting that someone else is going to do the same for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we turn that around and and we feel like we have to we have to meet those needs for ourselves. And um when both people are doing that, that, that's that's the definition we call selfishness, right? Um, think of think of a, like a marriage relationship. If if a husband is concerned about, you know, help me understand what I'm doing, um, how I can how I can um, if, if I hurt you, I'm sorry. What can I do differently? You know, f- instead of focused on, hey, why aren't you doing this for me? Um, if both are are doing that, this this need for safety and security relationship just just it's beautiful, and, it and that's fulfillment. that's God's design. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that idea of just mutual submission. Um, I mean, Christians get hit on this all the time because submit seems to be such a. It, it's the antithesis of an American individual individualism. Mm-hmm. And we weren't made to be individuals like we do in America, um, but this idea of you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, who submitted to us. God say, I mean, God said you first. I like that definition of submit, you first. Um, and uh, when when two people do that, there's literally human flourishing. But by what we're talking about, because there's safety and security, humanity can flourish. Without safety, without security, we can't. And we find the we find that in relationship, human relationship. It can't. You won't find it in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it becomes so important. Yeah, so it, it makes me think again. Coming back to this self forgiveness, that somewhere along the line, part of part of the part of our answer is is getting out of ourselves and our fear of meeting our own needs, but trusting that if I if I seek to um, to meet the needs of others and focus on serving 
helping, blessing other people. But I, I feel like that's going to be somewhere along the line part of the uh, part of the process. And maybe maybe that's way down the line. But you know, again, getting back to God's design is going to help us move forward in a healthy way. Uh, just yeah, how, going back to how how do we forgive ourselves? Um, again, probably one of the, the 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 biggest things is recognizing our our landscape. You know, uh, I think one of the things you've done, you know, for people as counselor, and and we've been friends for a long time. So I've I've come to you asking for advice is is to help me get a little bit more of a an honest lay of the land. Um, hmm. And to say, to just step back, um, uh, and in order for me to even step back, I have to go back to what God says first and foremost. I don't believe you, God. Uh, if I'm honest, I sinned and I feel the weight and the ramifications of failing other people or, or more to the point, failing myself, failing you. Um, but you say I'm forgiven and you say I'm enough. And you say I'm worth it. Psalm 139, folks, if you if you're like, I can't even hear this stuff, like where would I even go? It was Psalm 139. Just if you want to know what God feels about you and how close he is to you, that's a place for you to just spend some time because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the big passage. But if you look at the whole of that psalm, holy cow. And then there's four verses at the end that like get these enemies away from me. What happens when I'm the enemy? That voice is my enemy. It's not another person, but it's the internal, like you said, the inner critic. Get this thing away from me. It means only my death in hell. Um, I hate it. And we are right to because it's it's of, of Satan. And uh, get me back to Lord um, being with you. <laughs> so, uh, and, yeah. It, it, and again, so we talked about we talked about the importance of grace and forgiving other people. Um, and that that truth is central to uh, how how do how do I get to the point where I actually assimilate the grace for myself that that God has that God has shown me right and that's that I think that's where we struggle um, and coming you know to keep coming back to you know, God's mercies are new every morning. He doesn't remember my sins anymore. He's removed them from me as far as he's, you know, using those pictures again. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and so, so, you know, sometimes I've asked myself and like, you know, why do we keep coming back to church every week and do the same thing? <laughs> right. Right. Um, but it, it, it connects with this whole concept of, you know, as, as we learn more about the brain, um, you know, these neural pathways that form, we know that it, when we continue to do the same kind of behavior or have the same kind of thought, um, a, a pathway forms in, in our brain um, that it's, it, 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 it becomes easier for the, the neurotransmitter stuff that's going on to take place because it's, it's like a, it's like a highway <laughs> right um, through our brain. Right. And, uh, and so, God who knows our brains because he's the one who designed them knows that to, to make a new highway means we need to just repeat that, that thought 
over and over again. And, I, and I'm using the word thought. It's more than that because God doesn't use just, he doesn't just say it. He shows it. He, you know, he touches the emotions um, that he gets us up and doing something at the Lord's Supper where we, or, you know, we're a part of this meal and receiving the body and blood of Jesus. So that the thoughts, feelings, behaviors, the, the physicality, that's all, he makes it so tangible um, so that our brains can um, yeah, build build a bigger highway of grace because that's that's what we need. Mm. We need that highway um, because for many of us, we have a highway of of criticism and lack of grace uh, that that is formed. Um, because of our sinful nature and with Satan's help. Right. Uh, yeah. So every, every week, every day, you know, as, as much as possible, how do we connect ourselves with that message again? Um, which is the truth, which is reality. Mm-hmm. And not, not what Satan says yeah. is true. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is so good. Um, I want to summarize because Man, I we'll talk afterwards and see if we've got one more that we want to pull out here. But <laughs> on this topic, I I, I kind of want our listeners to be able to take something out of this, um, something that they can do. You know, like you said, to make it tangible. Um, mm-hmm. And as you were talking, um, what hit me anyway that is something that I. Um, I'm going to need help doing this. So from time to time, Jeffrey, I might be knocking on your door and saying, hey, I need help uh, remembering this. But uh, taking stock of what the truth is that I believe. Uh, I am believing and I'm living like something is true. A thought um, that I have, I like to say, what is the story that you're telling yourself? You might feel a certain way, but when that happens, a story has popped up into your head. And other writers who are smarter than me will will say, when you recognize you have a problem, kind of like in a movie, you're the hero of that story because it's your story. The -hmm. problem is you need help. And that's where you need a guide. And praise God that in the Bible, he calls uh, the Holy Spirit the advocate. (laughs) You know, he's he's the messenger. He's the one who's working. He is ultimately the guide who then shows up in human form is in Christian friends who will... Uh, help you be accountable, but just understand that when you have sinned or sin has come against you and you're dealing with the consequences of being in a broken world and you're not safe and you're not secure in that moment, there's a temptation for you and I to grab at whatever. There's a story. Take stock of that story because there is a truth that we're believing that needs to be dealt with. Is that a, is that a fair starting point? Yeah. Exactly. And, and understanding that that story we tell ourselves is skewed, mm. right? Um, we, we see everything through a lens um, and, you know, that, and, and maybe you could, the, the critic, right? That the, the inner critic is part of skewing that lens. Um, traumatic experiences we've had can be part of skewing that lens. Um you know, times when we've been abandoned and forsaken by other people, um, things that we have done uh, ourselves, all of that skews that lens. So uh, the story we tell about ourselves isn't isn't reality. 
Um, and, and so, it, it, you know, as you talk about what, what can, what can people do? I, I feel like we, we get in the most trouble when we think we can do this alone. Uh, because we have no, no one else speaking into this, um, this skewed reality uh, in our minds. I love the the picture of the Holy Spirit, right? Because he, he he is our advocate. So as we as we spend time in the Word of God, we have we have that Holy Spirit speaking into this, um, and and helping us to see, um, yeah, that our skewed reality is just that, um, and 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 what is the truth? He helps us to find that, you know, whether we're, you know, through our devotional life or through you know. Um, uh, the sermons, the messages we hear. So that that's a huge part of it. You know, we, we talk too about how do we connect, you know, make sure that we have people in our lives, people that we, uh, we know uh, are, are seeking, <laughs> are seeking to connect uh, with Christ and grow spiritually so that they can speak into our lives. You know, for many of us, it might be our spouse. Uh, what an incredible gift. Um, for other people, it might be r- really close friends that we have, uh, and and can provide that. Um, maybe it's maybe it's a small group. Uh, the small group I was in for a while, um, you know, just did a fantastic job of being able to. Um, trying to think of the word I'm looking for, just to uh, just just to make me stop and say, "Hey, is that is that?" Is that truth that you think is true really true? <laughs> yeah. Or, or the story you're telling story you're telling yourself about yourself. Um, how, how does that align with God telling the truth in His story? Yeah. So seeking seeking that kind of relationship. Um. And I guess, like I said, it looks different for for many different people. So I've got number one. Um, breathe you know, we've talked about that too being that the box breathing that sometimes yeah. when you're doing it it's so important for you to just breathe so that you can do step one which is take stock of the truth you're believing or the story that you're telling yourself number two um this is just law this is reality um you can't do this alone mm-hmm. um number three um is again and and by the way number 2 that's 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 submitting that's humility yeah. that's that's um that's why that works is because it's it's it is a natural human humanity that god put in us from 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 creation um it's submission and humility yeah, so we can't do this alone and i love that you kind of gave people about four different um places to do this uh the holy spirit so for christians we believe that that happens as we read god's word the Holy Spirit is at work both while we're reading and in the memory of what we have inside of it. So the Holy Spirit's working. I think worship can be a safe place because it's a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. who are, believe it or not, just as messed up as you are. Some are in a little healthier season or a little better at faking it than you are. But uh, but worship allows us to hear it. Holy Spirit's working and respond to it. And it gives us something to do. Um, number three, uh, you, you mentioned Christian community, Christian connection, but Christian mm-hmm. community, uh, cause that could be small groups. And then that idea of just close Christian friendships. 
And then what about number three point is uh, really making sure that we spend some time. Uh, what is God's truth? Um, we can't do this alone. That's a statement of humility. But number three, going immediately back to what is God's truth? Yeah. Would that be fair? Right, right. And that's, I, I just think of the Psalms, how how often I, how I meditate on your precepts. I, I love your law. And, 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 and that's exactly what the psalmists are trying to do is like, help me, God, <laughs> reconnect with your truth. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, oh, I, man. So if you're struggling, friends, um, the Psalms, uh, maybe spending some time in there. Like I said, Psalm 139, Psalm 16, Psalm 19. Uh, there's going to be something for every season of your life. If you're in a place right now where like, you're not even sure God's listening, go to Psalm 88. <laughs> I love that the psalmist says, you know who I am, Lord, and I know who you are, but the darkness is my closest friend because you took everything away from me. And it's like, the, that's the end of the Psalm. I'm so grateful it's there because there are seasons when I feel that dark. And then the next Psalm 89 says, oh, I will sing of the Lord's love forever with your your, your whole faithfulness, that whole idea. And, and immediately there's a new season. <laughs> it doesn't end there. But so the Psalms, what is God's truth? And um, uh, what is the truth that somebody who's struggling to forgive themselves, what is the truth that that person needs to hear? What is the God's truth that they need to hear? God is a God of redemption. They are, they are forgiven. They are, you know, loved. Um, and there's, there's nothing that, that God cannot do to, to help them find what they're looking for and getting back to that need, right. Um, that need for security, um, connection, relationship. Grace, yeah. just just living, just living, living in that grace and um, assimilating it. And Lord, I do believe, but boy, do I need help with my unbelief when it comes to this. Oh, where is that in the Bible? Where is that? Do you remember? So I'm not going to remember the exact reference. Um, you know, that's that's someone who's asking Jesus for uh, for. For healing and jesus talks about you know you know faith if you have faith uh you'll be healed and the guy's like i do believe but help me with my unbelief as he talks about yeah um his his struggle yeah, yeah. um so what is god's truth the psalms will help give voice to your concerns but then you, you and i need to come back to these things that the cross of christ shows the love of god for you and for me, because in it, he won the redemption. Um, uh, and then as, as we remember God's truth, um, I, I like to say, um, there's a, there's a new story that is then being born there. We're correcting the inner critic. Um, if before when I'm in my hyper state, I don't know if this question is going to come out right, but I kind of like to put a little bit of a bow on this. Forgive okay. me, Lord. If I mean, this isn't, this isn't the end of the conversation, but for this time, going back to it this way, the inner critic has, has skewed it. He's made it about something that's not true. Uh, we have needs that can't be met and stuff. 
we're replacing truth, which this is so biblical, you know, what goes in your mind. Mm-hmm. What's that? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Um, so if 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 it means that my actions, um, I was my acting out was uh how do we say that? My acting out is an expression of being unsafe or insecure. It's it's a behavior um of protecting myself because I was believing a bad truth. How do I act out in my new truth that God loves me, that I am forgiven? How should I respond? Mm-hmm. How can I respond with that truth? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. I think I think the answer has to do with um, just the, the confidence that I am a forgiven child of God and that as a forgiven child of God, the whole point of our Savior's death and resurrection was to restore that relationship so that the deepest fear that we have being alone, abandoned, not, not accepted – Jesus has Jesus has provided the answer for that. So living, you know, how, what does it look like to live in that confidence? Maybe is is that the answer to that question? You know what I was thinking as you were talking? Uh, fruits of the spirit. <laughs> you know, I can have peace because I do have peace. I can have um, kindness because I have kindness. I can have patience because I have patience because my God gives me patience. These are the truths that come from the story of a redeeming God. And it all comes to what you said. It all comes because I am safe. I am secure. I am confident because Jesus walked out of the tomb on Easter Sunday. And then, yeah, and then I'm living, I'm living that design. God had not to not to be trying to to acquire this this safety and security for myself, but to give it to other people as I love them, serve them, show patience, kindness, and all those fruits of the faith. <laughs> oh, turn the, man, turn the focus away from self. Yeah, yeah, and that's so cool. I mean that, and that's it, and that's the gospel. Over and over and over again. It's not just what I get for us. There is a season, guys, as we're listening in. <laughs> we're going to end this here in just a second. But there's a season where I'm so desperate I need help. Amen. But then God turns us in the healing. And he says, I don't know about you, uh, Jeffrey, but it, it, I oftentimes see much more fulfillment and satisfaction or even completion to a healing when I'm out focused now on being a safe place and being a secure place for somebody else who isn't. Um, And of course we all go back and forth on this, but yeah, thank you for going there that we live in the design and we give that safety and security to other people. And if you're wondering what that is, again, think about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I actually have these things in abundance and I can give it away because the spirit is living in me because the spirit's living in me. Oh, this has been so good, man. I'm, I'm very grateful for your time and, and jumping into this conversation. It's again, just looks like scratching the, the tip of the iceberg on all this, but, um, 
Jeffrey, any any quick closing thoughts on on any of this conversation on forgiveness as we wrap this up? Yeah. Again, I, I, to, to me, as I'm thinking about this, it just brings home again: we can't we can't do this alone. And I, I feel like this is where we we struggle the most. So, you know, just 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 think about who it is in your life that um, that you can reach out to and connect to because you can't do this alone. And remember, in God's design, they're not. It's not just for you; it's also for them. Um, Hmm. Yeah. It's not just for you. It's also for them. If you're uh, if you're struggling um, and you're looking for a resource and, and you're like, okay, thanks guys. Uh, how do I'm a visual learner? So how do I learn about this? There is a uh, a movie that that is called The Heart of Man. I will try to put a link in in our our show notes um, on this. Um, I have never seen uh, a gospel presentation of the prodigal son done so well and so clearly. Um, they're dealing with, uh, particularly, they're using the um, the the spear tip of sexual sin or sexual brokenness would probably be a better way to put it. Put it, but it is so beautifully done and so gospel. And at the very end, um. The father breaks in to rescue the son, but before he comes out of the cave, he turns the son's attention to all of the other broken people who are in that hell with him. Mm. And they take a step towards those people before they take a step out of the cave. And I, I when you talk about self-forgiveness and, and boy, the Heart of Man movie. I'll put the put it in the show notes. But if you're looking for a visual of what we're talking about, that may be helpful for you. Nice, Pastor Thanks, Jeffrey Bonak. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Thanks for asking. It was fun. It is. It is awesome to have you uh, guys. Uh, this is great questions, great conversations. I'm Mike Westendorf. Today it's been Pastor Jeffrey Bonak. If this has been a helpful episode for you, uh, please share it, subscribe, and uh, let other people know uh, about the conversations that we're having. We are hopeful that they are helpful for you as you get to have the opportunity to remember that forgiveness is not just for you, but it's for others. And we have an opportunity to both be in it and to share it. So God be with you. We will see you again next week. 